love this podcast, support us by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Hit the link in the episode description to support us now. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Welcome to an all-new episode of Remakes, Reboots, and Revivals. Uh, before we get started, we'd like to remind you that if you are a fan of this podcast and you enjoy it and you want to let us know that you enjoy it, please find us on Apple Podcasts, give us a rating and a review, or rate us in however you can on any of your other platforms, on Spotify, give us a rating on Google Podcasts, however you can. If there's even a rating system there, there might not be. I'm not on Google Podcasts. There might be. Um, there might be, yeah. But just we love to hear from you guys, and we absolutely love all the support we get from you. Yes, we do. Um, and this is an exciting one, something that we're, we might be doing for the rest of the year and for future seasons. We're going to do recaps as we go along, you know? We always do an end-of-the-year recap, but we never do, you know, quarter recaps or mid years are just random ones you know right. so this is going to be our first 2022 wrap up because we've done a lot of episodes we've done 12 13 episodes that we can we can kind of share some thoughts yeah, on yeah which legally constitutes a quarter which exactly it's the end of march <laughs> it is yeah, when yeah. you're listening to this yeah. so uh, um, oh by the way guys hey if you're listening to me and i sound a little differently i'm sorry i'm using different gear than usual uh so but you know i think I think it should be fine, guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, before we begin to, just so you know, after this episode, we are going to take a mini break, but we will be back at the end of April to give you more remake, reboot, and revival That's content. True. Nicole um, and I need to go to therapy together. We got to like figure things out, <laughs> see where we stand, and uh, just make some decisions, yeah. but we promise we will be back. It's not you. It's us. It's us, yeah. I'm laughing because if I don't, I'll cry. <laughs> uh, with, us, with us always is eddie z who actually wasn't with us not always you weren't here the last two weeks i, I was about to say it's just like yeah. not with us always he is uh <laughs> the last two weeks he has been m.i.a hi eddie yeah but he's here tonight i'm here tonight i'm taking my mini va- i took some mini vacations yeah i did you took the mini vacation before we took our mini vacation yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i'm actually really excited for this one because i just kind of love it when we talk about these random things and hopefully you guys will love it too. Uh, like I said, we did a bunch of episodes already this year. We did about 12, 13 episodes. And just to recap what we have covered, we've done about eight movies, three TV shows, and one special. Wait, uh, what was the one covered, special? Harry Potter. We covered the Harry Potter. Oh my God, that's special. right. I forgot about that already. <laughs> yes. The, the movies we covered this year were The Matrix Revolutions, mm-hmm. Scream, the new mm-hmm. Scream. Scream 5, but just technically Scream. Or 5 Cream. 5 Cream. <laughs> or 5 Cream. Let's just call it 5 Cream from now on. 5 Cream. Uh, the Tragedy of Macbeth. Right. Death on the Nile. Uh-huh. Coda. Coda. Cyrano. The Batman. And Cheaper by the Dozen. Oh, and God. the television shows we covered <laughs> were the Sex and the City reboot and just like that. Murderville from uh, Murder and Successful, and the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Bel-Air reboot. Yeah. So we actually have a lot to kind of dish on in terms of some of these things. We because, do. Yeah. The, the the biggest thing that happened is over this past weekend, if you're listening to this March 2022, the Oscars just happened. Yes. Uh, and 
Coda won Best Picture. You can we did an Instagram video about it where we talked about it, but now we could talk about it a little bit more. Uh, how do you guys feel about that? I'm really excited. I was happy. Really? Yeah, I was happy. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad. I, I, it, I, re- I was rooting for this movie. It was a good movie. I I said it on Instagram. I also said it on my TikTok, and also I'm gonna clap back to everyone who everyone the few people who were like, "Oh, West Side Story was a terrible remake. How could you <laughs> like that one?" I'm just like, "Excuse me, West Side Story was a phenomenal remake. This was a." This movie is top tier. Actually, I will say this. So if you guys remember, we had Mackenzie Green on the podcast. Uh, I listened to her on the Taylor Strecker show. And her and Taylor were talking about, initially, they had no intention of seeing West Side Story. And they ended up seeing on TV when it was streaming available finally, right? And they realized the mistake they Mm -hmm. made in not watching this in theaters. They said, it's just like, oh, it never, they never understood the power of West Side Story until you had actual Latinx actors on screen speaking spanish and yeah. i was just like and it, it just hits different you know it's so interesting because we've talked for the last couple episodes about the importance to me at least of seeing movies in the theater and you just kind of proved my point there with saying like oh they they missed the opportunity to see west side story in a theater you know how much more it would have it just would have been an overall better experience yeah I'm, I, I agree um, there are some movies you want to see in theaters over absolutely overall um there's a lot of movies that i don't need to see in theaters uh, but i just you know watching it at home too like you get just more distracted you're more tempted to go on your phone to just get up and do things whereas in a movie you're more in it in a theater you're more in it and nothing beats that i feel like a lot of people hate the way i watch movies but it's how i i think eddie has gotten used to it by now where i like to pause and discuss the characters' actions, and like discuss is just like what ah. were they thinking? Yeah, yeah. What like why did they say that? What I do, do the you same think thing. I think we both do this. I think. Oh yeah, no, like, we love it. Like a big match. Yeah, I, it's one of my favorite things to do when I'm watching a movie. Like, so we have to process the scene. Yeah, Nicole, you, me, Eddie, and some friends. We watched recently The Power of the Dog, right? And mm-hmm. I, there were many times when I wanted to pause, be like, it's just like to make jokes, make commentary. You know what I mean? <laughs> but because I was at your house and it was your TV and we were with other friends, I was just like, I'm not going to do that because I feel like they might not enjoy how I like to watch my my film experience. But I do enjoy, you know, I'm not like a Mystery Theater 3000 where they just like talk over the movie because that annoys me, right? I pause, speak, and then rewind it the 30 seconds and pick oh, okay. up where we left off, you know? I rewind. I had had you recommended that I would have loved it. I would I actually would have loved to have done that, especially for that film. That would have been a great like. Let's talk about what this movie, what's going on. Yeah, here I don't know. I, I don't know if on. other people would appreciate that, but um, yeah, yeah. I oh yeah, like there was yeah. There were certain points where you, there were certain scenes that I did want to digest at the moment. Like I really wanted to break it mm. down and and or, even mm-hmm. even like even talk about where is this going next. Right. Oh, that's the other thing, right? Like, that's my favorite thing to do, too, with Eddie, is to, like, pause a movie and then speculate wildly and be like, okay, this is where we are right now. If I was writing this, where are we going to go with the story? Right. Wait, obviously, I can't do that in the theater. So, in the theater, actually, what I'll sometimes do is I will text Eddie and be like, I'm predicting my (laughs) ending right now. (laughs) You know? And we'll see if I'm right or wrong. I I don't think I did that with Batman because I was very much enamored with that film, right? And I'm, like, Mm, a big mm -hmm, diehard mm -hmm. Batman fan, but... I very much, uh, there's other movies. Cyrano, I think I did that. I'm like, I think they're going to change this up a little. And then, as I mentioned, I hadn't watched 
I hadn't read Cyrano. The last time I saw Cyrano was Roxanne, but I remembered the Wishbone story, and I don't remember as many deaths in Wishbone. <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh, Wishbone being brought up yet again. Um, okay, so there's a lot to unpack right there, because we, we went from Koda winning Best Picture to all these other directions, <laughs> yeah. but next time you come over, we're pausing the movie and we're ha- having a discussion about it, because there's a lot to discuss and the movies we watch, especially some like Power of the Dog. Are you kind of shocked that Coda snatched it over other... Because, okay, four of the films that we covered uh, in this podcast was nominated for Best Picture. Dune, West Side Story, Nightmare Alley, Coda. And out of all of them, I would say that, you know, Dune was just such an unbelievable cinematic endeavor. Uh, Nightmare Alley was beautifully artistically executed. You know, West Side Story, same thing. And Coda is a very, very good movie. What I say, the same, like, what I say, it was this great cinematic endeavor, no, right? So, like, what I say that it was this beautiful, like, it was a very perfectly fine, enjoyable film. But in terms of Academy Awards or what constitutes its best picture, is is it the film that's just really nice and really enjoyable? Or is it the film that, like, kind of, you know, takes film to a new level or it leaves you in speechless in a number of ways or just, like, I don't know, like, what constitutes best picture? For me, part of the reason why I was rooting for West Side Story to win was because I think West Side Story, it being a remake, and it's also an adaptation of the of the of the of the stage play. I think what it did was like it took a story that many of us were familiar with, and I think it elevated mm. and brought out something new, something that we hadn't seen before. In that, I think the most important part being is like bringing actual. Latinx members of the community and speaking their language and not putting subtitles, right? I think that in and of its own becomes like kind of a very powerful statement. I think I think it's because of those creative choices that Steven Spielberg made that I thought this was the most deserving. You know, it was spectacle. It was a spectacle on screen. And uh, I think it was also just so, so talently executed. Coda is, I think, such a... I think if you know the source material, like we had to for the podcast. Yeah. It kind of mm-hmm. does shine a different light because I think they weaved gold out of hay on that one, right? Is that how the story goes mm-hmm. with Rumpelstiltskin? Yes. Yes, okay. Yes. So, yes. right? Cuz like the straw, thank you. Cuz the original one it's fine. It's a cute concept, but it's not like a good film. And then you see this one and you kind of throw a little bit more emotional heft into it, right? And uh, you really focus, I think, putting a lot of the focus on the actual deaf cast, it's not gimmicky because their heart and souls were in it, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm trying mm-hmm. to remember if there were parts that they actually, uh, where they actually signed that they didn't give you translations for, like they didn't put subtitles. I think there was like a moment or two when they did that every now and then because we were, from the point of view of either a different character or she was going to translate immediately, Right. But again, similar to West Side Story, right? It's a powerful tactic to show you, I, I guess, that not. I'm not saying that they're trying to intentionally alienate uh, the majority of the people, but more so to put you in that perspective of the minority there, right? Like, you know, like this is like their day to day. Like same thing with, with us speaking Spanish, right? Like I speak Spanish every now and then, yeah. especially with my mom. It's nothing, it's nothing unusual to me, but to... Uh, English speaker, you know, white person who's watching West Side Story, they're like, what? What's happening? What are they saying? It's just like, yeah, but just deal with it. Like, that's life. Same thing with, like, sign. If I don't know a certain sign, it is what it is, but, like, 
the community they know. So I'm not, I understood. I, I think I, I understood how Coda won. I think it was, I think it's such a, it was a solid story. It was a very well executed story. I think they, if you see the source material, it's just like, wow, they really like injected so much uh, emotional heaviness in it without being like, you know, it wasn't a downer. I, I, I liked Coda. I liked Coda, but I still think West Side Story was the bigger spectacle. It felt more Oscar worthy. I actually didn't. Mm, uh, oh, there you go. Yeah, Nightmare Alley. I don't. I think Nightmare Alley is more deserving than Shape of Water for Guillermo del Toro to have been a Best Picture because I think, I think so too. I think yeah. I think Nightmare Alley was a better film than Shape of Water, but Shape of Water I think was a wholly original story. I think right. Yeah, I would say so. It's yeah. like you know, inspired, sure, inspired by it. fairy tales and stuff, but like it's like. He's clearly a figment of his imagination. Nightmare Alley is a remake. Maybe they took off points for that. Dune was all spectacle, but I don't know if Dune... Dune, I would not... Dune was never going to win Best Picture. It won everything else, practically. Did it? Um, oh, God, it won visual effects. It won editing. It won score. I'm so I mad. Yeah, so production design. editing is one I would have given... I think Tick, Tick, Boom should have won editing. Ah, I think they were nominated. They were that, nominated, actually. yeah. Yeah. And I think yeah. it should have I think that movie was so well edited, uh, and stuff. So Yeah, you know. that was a good so, one. Yeah. So yeah. how many of the nominees were actual remakes? Four. Four of the best top ten best picture films were uh, remakes. Um, yeah, which that might be an unprecedented number of at least nominees. So like, this is the first time I think we covered that many Best Picture nominations for the podcast. This was actually the first um, year that I'd seen a lot of the movies nominated, right? Because I'm not usually one who who does that, right? Like, yeah, I would say, I think yeah. I saw, I, I think I ended up seeing seven out of the ten nominees this year. You saw seven? Oh, wow. Yeah, I saw nine. Wow. Well, good for you. Which 10. one did you not see? King yeah. Richard. King Richard. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Disrespecting. Well, he's going to come yeah. and smack you. So, speaking of that, we covered Bel Air recently. And we were just not anticipating Will Smith, Will Smith to be what he is now right now in pop culture. What a, um, he decided he decided to really take a swerve in his career. Like he decided he's just like you know what, I'm entering my villain phase. Maybe. <laughs> well, that's why he was crying because he was like, "Fuck, my career is over after this. This is it." You know. Well, you. I mean, so, usually a career, um, an Oscar is like sometimes a death sentence for stars, right? Like, look at Halle Berry. I think her next movie was what, Catwoman. Yeah, the poor woman had like no roles offered to her. You know. Um. Yeah, the best they could fucking do was Catwoman. Like, she's a fucking Oscar winner, and you're offering her Catwoman. Uh, no, but well, hang um, on. I'm sure. They thought it was going to be like a straight... I thought... She probably thought it was going to be a franchise. It's just be like, oh, great. I'm sure. Yes, yes. I, yes. It wasn't, unfortunately. She looked good in the costume, yes. though. Yeah. I think after Anne Hathaway won, she was in Bride Wars, which I think has a 11% ranking on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, was that actually a movie that she filmed immediately after her Oscar win? Or was it that just like... Know. You know what I mean? That like, sometimes it happens where it's just like, it was in post-production hell. And she's like, well, she won the Oscar. Let's get it out now. Strike while yeah. the coal is yeah. hot, you know? Uh, it could be. It could be. That happens sometimes, too. Uh, yeah, and that was back when, like, films that nobody had faith in was released in, like, February and March. Yeah. So the thing... So, the thing with... It's so funny. This is becoming just a conversation about the Oscars, but I will say this about Will Smith. Um, uh, yeah, seeing... Because we had just covered The Fresh Prince, like, not that long ago, and just seeing that young, innocent, 
uh, you know, young adults on screen. And then this moment that transpired, it just changes it because I, I texted this to you or maybe we talked about it afterwards, but I was just like, he, he suddenly, that he acted like the new Will Smith character would act in Bel Air, not the yeah, Will Smith yeah. that we grew up with on the Fresh Prince. Mm-hmm. I, I, I made a joke to you that someone, uh, actually I can't take credit for it. It's a tweet where it was saying that w- watching Will Smith slap Chris Rock and then Questlove winning Best Documentary was the most West Philly representation mm-hmm. we've ever seen on television. <laughs> um, which is, yeah. I, it's just, it's, it's you know, what else can uh, we say that other people and all your friends on Facebook haven't already said? Well, I was going to make this, I was going to say this on a, on, a, on a TikTok and stuff because I think they were at one point considering revoking his Oscar, but I'm just like, ha- you might know this. Have they revoked the Oscars for Roman Polanski, for Mel Gibson, for Woody Allen? Uh, I don't think anyone's, I don't know of anyone's Oscar. The guy, the, the sexual molester, Weinstein. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. I don't know if anyone's getting revoked. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. just like so. It's exactly. just like Will Smith. I think is fine, and I don't. I think the other thing we could like really let's be honest is just like, and the grand scheme of his crimes against humanity here, like, is smacking Chris Rock really like the most abhorrent yeah. thing we could do. Like, I don't. That's true. I, in, I don't. Like, in two thousand and two, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, I don't necessarily. I don't condone it, but I'm just like, is this really like? Oh well, like, let's just move yeah. on, people. I guess he's not going to press mean, charges. In 2002, they openly gave Roman Polanski an Oscar award. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, like, you know, Hollywood's just whatever, man. Like, again, let's... They make... The movies and stuff are great, but, like... <laughs> they're also the people who opened... Like, who booed Michael Moore when he said he was ashamed of the Iraq war in, like, 2002. Like, Hollywood booed him, you know? And they booed the woman that Marlon Brando sent up to accept his Oscar. Oh, the Native American. The, the Godfather. Yeah. yeah. Like John Wayne had to be held back by uh, by the security officers because he wanted to, like, I guess, assault her or something. Fucking crazy. So like, that's, that seems Hollywood's like, not that seems like John Wayne's MO. I feel like a Native American. He's just oh, like, yeah, no, that's, yeah. <laughs> is being like, I got to get that. I'm going to kill this broad. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, moving on from the Oscars, though. Uh, other news is that they renewed Sex in the Cities and Just Like That for a season two. Mm. So we're, we're, we're going to get more of that content because we've all we clearly all want it. Yeah, your I sister must be hated, so excited. She's so thrilled. I'm sure because there was so much like hate around it that they're like, let's just people hate watch the rest of the show. You know, so. I don't know if people hate watched as much as they were. Hate I think hoping? hate, hate they watch hoping. I that's great actually. I think that's right. I think they were hoping that like okay, like maybe this episode it'll get better. Wait a minute, and just like that, mm. it got better, but it never did. Right? <laughs> uh, but I don't think it happened. So I think you know it just I, I don't know from what I'm seeing online and like even he, like from your sister right. We got to hear firsthand like there was just a lot of disappointment firsthand uh, with yeah and just like that so i think and this is so funny that we're talking about this now because you and i got into this conversation when we were conversing about films in general like right like film you know it's one and done but with tv it's ever evolving and i had said like well i grew up reading comics right and comics are constantly ever evolving different writers and then like if sales slump they tried different gimmicks and stuff and that's just part of that 
comic experience. Like it's a it's a living document almost. And television also shares in that sentiment, right? Where it's kind of it lives and dies by the ratings. And so, you know, they're gonna I, I think you're right, they're gonna make changes to some of these characters and uh I'm not gonna continue watching this show, but maybe for the fans, those changes will probably be for the better, I would hope. Yeah. And therefore, you know, I don't some shows can get better after one bad season. Um, I don't personally know many shows that that's happened to, right? Because most shows, if they have mm, a bad season, they don't get a second chance. But I know shows that are mediocre first season and then will pick up, they'll they'll find their voice second season and just carry forth. Uh, Parks and Rec, for example, comes to mind. Uh, the Office first season was pretty mediocre compared to the rest of the series. Uh, it just takes a while for you to develop that voice. And I think... That's not necessarily what happened with and just like that and just like that kind of. Well, yeah, because they already established their voice with six seasons of Sex and the City and two films. Uh, so. Yes and no. So I am. I will say this is just like and just like that. Try to make things. They try to change things up tonally, right? It wasn't like that kind of Sex and the City like funny, haha show. They were trying to like tackle with like some real life shit because these are women of a certain age, right? And I think people of a certain yeah. age are dealing with like real shit. I think the other problem was it's just like we're, we're also kind of getting out of a pandemic and we fucking had to deal with enough shit, you know? So it's kind of bad timing. Like maybe four years ago, this would have been a little bit more successful tonally than it mm. is now because now people were looking to go back to Sex and the City and like kind of laugh. I don't, I'm not. I don't think changing the tone of the show is all that bad. You know, having Big Die, I think, makes sense in order for us to be on a new chapter with Carrie. So, you know, but like I said, it's just like, I don't think the problem here is just like, this isn't a mediocre first season. I think this is overall just, we could write this off as a pretty bad season. So I don't know. I don't know how many examples we have of a bad season that created good shows after that listeners if you guys do know some examples by all means uh send them our way i would love to you know check those out because i don't know it's fascinating i think that's what's fascinating about television wow okay very well said um tv sucks so another news is king (laughs) uh and movies are queen i'd rather be the queen so five cream is uh, a film that did so well when it came out. It's, I think, still one of the top 10 highest grossing films of 2022. I know Nev Campbell has been approached and said that she would be in a six cream. Um, I don't know if it's 100% confirmed, it'd be but, you know, scr- that's one thing. It'd be Scra six. Scrus six? It's like Scra, uh. you know, the E would be the six, right? Oh, yeah, word, That's, word, how, yeah, that's yeah, how I think yeah. you would do it. Uh, should we cover that when that comes out, or should we just drop Scream? Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Probably Who cream. knows? It, 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 yeah, uh, that's 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 for when that happens. I guess we'll be, we'll yeah. cross that bridge when we get there. Because now that's a franchise. There is, it is yes. So. Well, speaking of now, that's a franchise. Death on the Nile did so well that there's going to be a third Hercule Poirot. Yes. Movie. Oh, yes. I mean, I am glad because I'm I, so I, happy. I think the second one <laughs> found its. I'm so happy. The second one did find its, its voice. Its voice. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. Uh, it's my a, example is like a terrible first film, but the second one so much better. Yeah, no, Death on the Nile was definitely superior to Murder on the Orient Express, even though it just was bonkers in terms of a Hercule Poirot fan. I, I they haven't said what movie though. They said it was gonna like not be one of the most famous novels. Um, so I'm really intrigued as to which one they pick. Isn't that a good uh, thing? So that's exciting. Right? That is that is because yeah, 
I mean, well, it's a bad thing in terms of this podcast because if there's not a film or version of it already, we won't be able to cover it. I mean, I'm not complaining about that either. So, <laughs> like, if I watch... But our audience is devastated, so... Yes, but, uh, I mean, would you watch it, Eddie? Would you Would you go out and, like, yeah. see the third? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Wow, the second will really deliver yeah. a good taste in your mouth. Oh, well, no, yeah, and he's probably going to read the book, too, because... The Kenneth Branagh? Agatha Christie Christie not read the book? Might... No, Agatha Christie might be picked soon for. Uh, oh, oh, we'll see. Got it, got it. Uh, and I, yeah, I love Agatha Christie books. Um, and the Batman released a deleted scene. Oh, did you see yeah, it? I did. What did you think? I was a little underwhelmed. Okay, so I am probably the only person who thinks that that scene should have been in the film. Oh, you are. Then you are definitely because I, yes. me and Eddie saw that one. We were like, uh huh. I'm kind of glad they kept it out because I think it would have. It it might have the reason no well okay yeah why do you think I think it, it would have detracted a little from the from this like very tight plot that we had yes. a little, it would have it would have because then we would have been like oh why are we not seeing more of the Joker like yeah. let's get a little more backstory on that right which I don't think we need because we're really focusing on the Riddler here so yeah and then and then it kind of it just, like why it was two Silence of the Lambs. That scene reminded me of Silence of the Lambs. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. I mean, definitely. Yeah, it it had it had that, and then it's 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 still it's like you're bringing out. It's because it it seems like it's more of the his beginnings. It's not the origin, Mm. but it's the beginnings, right? Where he's going to become, uh, more mature as being the Batman. Um, bringing out the major player, Joker like the enemy already i think it's just it would it would have taken away yeah it's taken away i you mean know, that's I mean, so the, interesting the riddler is like just enough yeah like it was just right for like for, for this first this beginnings yeah we had too many villains already to be, well not villains we already had too many characters we have penguin catwoman riddler I know we had like a surprise guest of the Joker there, but it was like a little cameo at the end. Now to make him like actually have yeah. interaction, then it would have been like just too much going on. Like it might have been, it might have been overkill. And I think Warner Brothers, I'm shocked to say this, their meddling may have saved that scene, probably for the better. It also felt okay. Of just like I don't know if I needed it. What? So you? Why do you think it? Why do you think the movie needed it? Okay, so um. You said something interesting where you're like, if that film was in there, you would have been like, oh, hey, it's a Joker. Why is he here or something? But I forgot what it was you said exactly when you when we, you began your reasoning. But those words are what I had with where the Joker is in the film currently, right? As right. the film stands. Okay. Where he makes this cameo and actually it completely took me out of the film. And I was like, first of all, this seems like a mid-ed credit scene or something this feels like this was just thrown in there to have the fucking joker and i don't know what purpose this serves other than to set up future uh batman movies or just to throw the fucking joker in there right like what fucking purpose did that scene have so if the film if the deleted scene was in there and it was followed up by it that scene would have more of a purpose. Also, with that scene in there, yes, it's very Silence of the Lambsy, but it actually establishes something that's going on with Bruce Wayne where he's kind of like, his vulnerability and him cracking underneath is becoming more and more apparent, right? Especially because like the Joker gets to him and like as, when he has that interaction at Arkham later with the Riddler and you see his face and the fact that he feels like seen in not a good way, it hits almost a little bit more had that interaction with the Joker been there. So, you know? I... 
don't necessarily disagree with you where I think maybe the ending scene where we had the Joker, we could also cut that out, to be quite honest. However, yeah, you, absolutely. You know, Warner Brothers, they were, uh, you know, you had to plant those seeds being like, if this movie be successful, great. We're going to obviously continue with this storyline, right? That's what they're, what's they're planting in there. It's just a, that's just a franchising 101. Uh, I think for me, part of the other reason that I don't know if I need it, I just think it was just too many characters going on. Yeah, that's just really, that's just really my main thing. It would have been too much. I, I don't disagree with you. Completely I actually think, agree. like, I, I think, yes, yes, uh, seeing <laughs> Bruce kind of, seeing Batman kind of cracking a little under, under Joker, you know, and I think, but I think, oh, I remember what I was going to say. I had lost my train of thought. Uh, I recovered it, guys. Uh, but the other thing, though, is <laughs> I think most of us obviously know that was the Joker. But, like, let's say you get, like, that, I don't know, maybe 15 25% of the audience who doesn't know, like, the Batman lore. Uh, who was just like, oh, I don't know who that was, but I'm curious to see what happens next. You know? Like, maybe. Yes, Because yes. it wasn't, like, an, it, you know. There wasn't any. But okay. Anything. Imagine if that scene was in the film, right? And uh, that exact same person saw this character. It's the first time we're going to get a Joker movie where we aren't getting introduced to him in either an origin story or kind of like, you know, here's this brand new criminal on the scenes. They have this established relationship, right? right. I much prefer a new, like, the eighth or whatever fucking Batman movie this is, having the Joker be in this movie that way. I don't need... Not only do I not need another Batman film, but if you're going to make another Batman film, I don't need Joker to be, like, this brand new villain that he's interacting with. I love the idea of him being someone he's already had this history with that a young year two Batman we never even saw, but it's, like, taken its toll on both of them. Which... I love coming in mid-scene. Which... Or, or like, mid-relationship yeah, to them. but technically... But we got that because we know he's in jail. So we know that there is a history between Batman. We didn't we didn't get that because they didn't interact together. And we really didn't even know that that was Joker this until he started like maybe laughing. laughing. Right. But that's yeah. fine. I mean. And I again, think... that scene has no purpose in the film. I don't Especially when you. you take out the deleted scene. It has absolutely no purpose. So it just makes even less sense and pissed me off even more. Hmm. Agree to disagree, I guess. It, sorry. Uh, but no, that's fine. <laughs> I know. I I know. I'm the outlier here. You so. are. I, I I don't think. I don't know. I actually. I can't say. I'm not like. I don't go on like Batman Reddit, and I don't follow like Batman like Twitter. So <laughs> is there I a Batman Reddit? Yeah, I'm sure. Like, there's a Reddit for everything. I'm sure there's. Guys, start a Reddit for our podcast. Remakes, reboots, revivals. R slash R R R. Uh oh wait. R slash <laughs> emakes. Reboots and revivals, right? Because the R slash becomes the R. Anyway, uh, um, the yeah. Oh man, actually, when you mentioned that, it's just like I can't believe there's been so much going on with like the stuff we've covered. That there's news on the shit we've covered. Can you believe that? That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, (laughs) it's so funny. (laughs) It is. Yeah. The times we're in. Um. So I thought it would be fun that when we do these wrap ups, we can give ourselves the space to either you know like address something in a previous episode that we never got to that we wanted to readdress or like something that one of us said that we're like you know I'm, i want to go back to this episode because i still want to harp on this like anything that you, we we left unsaid or you want to revisit now is a perfect time for us to kind of like close that dialogue and chapter out 
Uh, do you have anything pressing on your guys' minds? Because I got something. I'm trying to think off the top. I wish you had told me yeah. beforehand, because yeah, then, because then I would have. I'm sorry. I would have like listened to the podcasts and then just been like, Oh, well, I I didn't listen to them. I just remembered how I felt about one of them. Do you know and how I'm bring it up now? Do you know how scattered brain <laughs> I am? Like I don't. I guess now I know. how am I going to remember? Uh. I think did I have anything about cheaper? That was the last episode that we did. Cheaper by the dozen. I don't think so. Um, what other? What, what some of the other ones? Well, I'll tell you mine, and maybe this will spark something in your head. Okay. I think you guys were unfairly hard on Cyrano. Oh no, no, no. sorry, no, don't <laughs> don't think so. I think. I think that the standard that you guys hold to musicals is obviously lower, and. Or maybe higher in a weird way. I don't know. You don't look at musicals the same and you're not kinder or or more forgiving to musicals. And the fact that it ended up being worse for you because it was a musical, I think is incredibly unfair. That's not why it was worse for me. It was worse because it was a boring movie for me. <laughs> like, that's why. No, you, you, I'm pretty sure one of you on the episode said that. Like, that you didn't know that it was a musical going in and it just made it oh, worse. Oh, well, Eddie didn't know it was a musical going in. And yeah, for him, like, I think it kind of... <laughs> that is unfair. It's sour. <laughs> no, but that's not... But I'll even say this to Eddie. Like, uh, I'm defending Eddie on this one because, like... Sometimes you have to be in the mood to see a musical. Like when I pitched to my friend group to watch Tick, Tick, Boom, everyone fucking groaned about it, right? Because it's like, ah, oh, musical. And then when you, we came out of the movie, anyone who groaned about it was all like, oh, you know what? That was fucking great. You know why? Because the fucking music was good. All right, Cyrano's music was awful and not catchy. It was not It was awful. not memorable. I, but music doesn't have to be catchy. But musicals, it does. No, it doesn't. Absolutely. Otherwise, otherwise, it's like who? Uh, fine. Maybe for musical lovers, musicals don't have to be catchy. But for the layman, right, the average moviegoer, if the mu- music isn't catchy, what am I watching? All right. Like I'm trying to think of all the musicals that I like. They all had musical numbers that I've loved. Uh, Suddenly, see more. Uh, so are you telling me that you walked out of Little Shop of Horror singing Suddenly Seymour in your head? Yeah. Because I wouldn't say that's like a song that like what? instantly gets. You have to hear that song a couple of times in order for you to remember how it goes. It's not oh, like. Oh, no. I, I mean, no, I think. It's the, not like a Taylor Swift song where you hear it once for 30 seconds no, and you get how the rest so, of the fucking song goes. Suddenly Seymour is the song that like it didn't. You're, fine. You're right. I, uh, there were. I think it was like doo- the other songs, like doo-wop songs were the ones that were like obviously more catchy. But Suddenly Seymour is the one that stayed with me long term where like I will randomly singing out loud like here in the apartment just be like Suddenly Seymour. Oh, it made me want to listen to it again. Mm-hmm. Cyrano did not do that. Cyrano did not. At, at no point have I gone to my iTunes and been like, I'm going to go listen to the Cyrano soundtrack. You know why? Ah, the well, m- I did. Music was doo-doo. <laughs> also, you were unfair to saying that they were sexualizing her because they didn't sexualize her. They just showed that a bitch in the fucking 1600s is horny just as you are. She was like in heat <laughs> reading the mail. I thought it was a little inappropriate in my opinion. <laughs> And this is someone who's watching Bridgerton and like literally all like the second season is just them breathing on each other. And that's supposed to be hot and heavy. I guess it is. But like that one, I don't know, like her, she was just gyrating. I think maybe just visually seeing her just gyrate on the mail was just like, oh, come on, girl. Like, 
That's because you're a a gay man. You don't want to see that. Maybe. Possibly. (laughs) But I also didn't want to see, like, uh, you know, like, I wouldn't want to see, like, a Hawkeye gyrating on mail because it's just like, who who is this for? Who is it for? Not for me. Um, Wow. And yet you watch HBO shows where sex scenes are requirements. Like you're talking about Euphoria, yes, oh my God. and I will die by that molehill where. You, but I'm not watching Euphoria for the sex scenes. I'm watching it for the drugs. Well, no, I'm just saying that HBO shows. I feel like their requirements are graphic sexual scenes. Did you ever see that skit? Features. I think it was on Funny or Die, where it was just like, uh, like child, like they're like uh, like adult children, right? The children telling their parents and their friends, like, I'm in this movie and I'm doing all this dirty stuff, and they, the parents and their friends all think they're doing pornography. And they're crying and all this stuff. And they're like, why are you crying? It's just like, you're in porn. It's like, no, it's not porn. It's HBO. And then they all get so excited. <laughs> it's a good skit. Um, uh, you got to send that to me, actually. Oh, uh, yeah. I want to try. I'll see if I, it's probably still on YouTube. It's such a good skit. Uh, speaking of Euphoria. So <laughs> I've been watching Euphoria. And I've also been watching Big Mouth, right? Which has kind of been preparing me for the youth. I'm just thinking, it's just like, wow, youth is just horny all the time. And uh, just doing drugs and stuff. Me and Eddie had to go to a 616 this past weekend. And I was just ready. I'm just like, babe, there's going to be so much drugs. There's going to be like so <laughs> much Molly. I want to ask someone to cook me up. And it was, I guess, a testament to Eddie's family how nice they are. Because it was, <laughs> there was no drugs to be found at all. Like, these are like the most straight-laced children I've Were ever seen. Were you actually disappointed? I was so sad. I wanted to see like, I wanted to see someone dressed like a straight-up hoe. Like, you know, like, uh, like, you know, just like cleavage and like short they were short skirts but they weren't like like not what you see in euphoria you know yeah yeah <laughs> like, you got more cheese made out of the oscars than you got i got way more cheese made out of the oscars than i did from uh, a sweet 16 so you know but still um so i guess you know i know a lot of people who be watching euphoria and they're like afraid eddie and i we were watching euphoria we've been afraid of like oh my god when we have kids this is what the future holds and it's just like you know what maybe Maybe it is an exaggeration. I guess children aren't going to be like this. Guys, I apologize for the quality change in my audio. My microphone died, but we're wrapping this episode up, so we're just going to take over from the Zoom audio here. Um, so you don't have anything that, you know, in the past episode that you wanted to revisit for now? Um, the only thing, this is like from last year, not even from a past, like this year, but I will say this is about Dexter. Uh, so we finished the se- season, season one of Dexter, mm-hmm. And as I have yeah. predicted, spoiler alert, guys, but Dexter died, right? Uh, I, I predicted that, that he, there's no way that he doesn't die. Uh, but Harrison is alive and he's like off on his own. And I, I, I said this also, it's just like, I said there was a, there should be a spinoff. It's going to be like Harrison in Riverdale or something, like a sexy teen drama where he's murdering people, something like that. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen, come to fruition, but I will say this, Dexter uh new blood yeah it was it's the season by the time the season came out to a close i was just like oh this was what a redemption story so if you haven't checked out dexter because you were afraid i urge you check it out it's actually pretty good was he murdered by harrison really yeah oh so dexter was murdered wow okay well he got his comeuppance it was kind of spoiler alert i mean so what happened was like dexter do you want me to tell you 
Yeah, sure. All right, fine. So what happened was Dexter, uh, they murdered, obviously, that guy who was, like, murdering all those, like, ladies and stuff. But what happened was Dexter was getting caught. He finally got caught. Like, all, everything was going to come. The law was going to finally come for him for all these crimes that he did in Miami because his girlfriend put it all together, right? And she was going to bring him down. And he knew that everything was closing in on him. So uh, Dexter is plotting with his son. He's like, okay, we're going to kill her. And we're going to kill these people to get out. Oh, and he also killed, like, the... The, the, the wrestling coach, right? So you can get out of jail. And the kid realized, like, wait a minute. What about your code? Like, you only kill people who deserve it. Like, you're you're not a hero. You're not a good guy. And he's just like, yeah, but we have to do this to survive. It's just like, that makes you a bad guy, though. All right? Harrison realized, like, the hypocrisy in Dexter. It called him out on it. And is ultimately the reason that he had to kill him. And uh, it, it was, I thought it was a very fitting end. Because, like, you know. I've been saying this from the get-go. I love the show Dexter, but my problem with it is just like he never got any punishment for his crimes. He needed to be punished. Wow. All right. Well, there we go, audience. So if you haven't watched the new Dexter, we're sorry about that spoiler. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that's the only thing that comes to mind. I don't know. Like, I wanna. I haven't. I haven't watched Bel Air, but I'll probably be picking up. Like, probably during our break. Yeah. Uh. Uh. What are we covering when we come back? Do we know yet? Do we want to tell anybody? Do we know? We don't. That's a no. We do not know. <laughs> uh, oh, but you guys, actually, you guys can let us know. We were considering covering the Proud Family, so we're there's a potential that we could come, uh, you know, kick things off with the Proud Family. So let okay, us know yeah. if that's something that you would be interested in. I'm like iffy, not iffy, but I'm like eh, so so on it. Uh, yeah, me too. Only because it's not that I, I like the Proud Family, but I don't know if I wanted to see the remake. And also, you know, they just passed uh, as of the recording of this. They just passed the Don't Say Gay bill in Florida, and we know that Disney was they contributed so much to like this uh, for the passengers' bills. They're like, okay, you know what? Like, I don't. I think I may need yeah. to cool it on Disney for a little bit. So yeah, we yeah we don't we don't want to yeah mm-hmm. yeah so <laughs> Disney man. unless they sponsor us, in which point it's just like well. well. <laughs> we'll break them from the inside, you know. <laughs> but yeah, so we will see you guys when we come back pretty soon. We won't be gone for too long. Uh, but let us know what you think, anything that you want us to cover. We might have some episodes where we uh, have a one-off, give you some content, because there have been numerous messages I've received about a particular film coming out that uh, people are asking if we're going to cover. What? Wait, what? Uh, I'll tell you after this. It'll be a surprise if we end up doing that. Um, So stay tuned for that. Uh, You can reach out to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's talk an episode about the shows that just didn't make it. The reboots, revivals. That we didn't cover? That that we did cover that just didn't make it. Oh, that just didn't didn't survive? Yeah. Or or they had a short short lifespan. Okay. Maybe. We could do that. We could, yeah. We could cover that in the next one, too. Um, But yeah. Uh, Guys, reach out to us. We love it when you do. Ways you can reach out to us. Email us. Remakes, reboots, revivals at at gmail.com. Facebook.com slash Remakes Reboots Revivals. We are on Instagram at Remakes Reboots Revivals. You can find us on YouTube if you search for Remakes Reboots Revivals. Uh, and you can always call us and leave a voicemail and let your voice be heard. And that number is 862-248-2326. That's 862-248-2326. Uh, so we will see you guys when we come back for the next episode uh, in a couple of weeks. And uh, until then, stay, stay an original. original.